Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. How's it going, Katie? It's going great. How about yourself? I'm all right. You know, getting into the sort of the, the normalcy of what we are in now, which is not normal at all. I was going to say, I'm not into this, like, this phrase, the new normal, because that would imply that this is going to go on for longer than I feel comfortable admitting. <laughs> so Cut to 2024, <laughs> right. and we are still at home. <laughs> ah. um, I will have not cut my hair. My fingernails will be growing to the floor. It'll be amazing. <laughs> well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about DaBaby, Fiona Apple, Sam Smith and Demi Lovato, Kelly Clarkson, and the Rolling Stones. What a crew. Plus, I know it's an eclectic, it's an eclectic little mix this week. <laughs> In light of how the Billboard Music Awards were supposed to be this week, we'll be discussing the plight of 2020 awards shows in the era of COVID-19. How can these shows be staged? What will the eventual shows look like? And how will the delays impact the awards and categories themselves? We'll be talking about all of that in just a few moments. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Alrighty, let's do the chart chat. Uh, first up on the Billboard 200 albums chart, Da Baby arrives. See, Da Baby arrives at number one with Blame It On Baby, securing the rapper his second number one album. It follows his chart topping Kirk from last year. Now, the new album bounces in, see, it's a baby, it bounces in, with 124,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending April 23rd, according to Nielsen Music MRC data, of course. The set bumps the weekends after hours from number one after a month atop the tally, and it falls to number two this week. I can't believe you didn't bring up the pun there with baby bump. <laughs> oh, that's see, that's why you're here, Katie. <laughs> To, to remind me of the baby bump. Yes. Um, also in the top 10, Fiona Apple returns after nearly eight years away from the chart as her new album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, starts at number four. Apple is a fairly infrequent visitor to the chart, having last debuted on the list way back in 2012 with 
The idler wheel is wiser than the driver of the screw, and whipping cords will serve you more than ropes will ever do. You when it debuted it. in peak number three <laughs> back in July of that year. And now that album was her first release since 2005 when Extraordinary Machine hit number five that year. So she released an album in 2005, 2012, now 2020, which means her next album would be 2033? Sure. Maybe? Sure. We'll still be in COVID-19 lockdown, oh, probably. No. Uh, now, interestingly, I thought it was kind of interesting. Her last three albums all made the top 10, each one in the last three decades. So now she's had a top 10 in the 2020s, the 2010s, and the 2000s. Kind of random. Indeed. Yeah. So maybe she'll keep that stretch going in the 2030s. <laughs> um, next up, over on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, The weekend's Blinding Lights spins a fourth non-consecutive week at number one. While DaBaby's rock star with Roddy Rich debuts in the top 10, coming in at number 9. It's the second top 10 single for both acts. Uh, also in the top 10, Post Malone's Circles claims the most weeks ever in the top 10, with a 34th week in the region. It surpasses the previous record uh, holder, uh, which was his own Sunflower with Sway Lee, which had 33 weeks in the top 10. Wow, I did not realize that he surpassed himself. <laughs> Post Malone, I hear he's popular. Indeed. Um, isn't that also one of your favorite Post Malone songs? Like when you first heard it, you're like, oh, this is going to be a hit. I remember that somehow. Yes, and my year. second favorite is probably Sunflower, so clearly I'm part of this uh, <laughs> this situation. Stop streaming the damn song, Katie. <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh, lastly, we've got sort of a potpourri of chart nuggets for you. Um Sam Smith and Demi Lovato are back and together uh, as their collaboration, I'm Ready, debuts at number 36 on the Hot 100 and at number 27 on the Pop Songs Airplay chart. Uh, on the Hot 100, it's uh, Sam Smith's ninth top 40 hit and Demi's 16th top 40 hit. Have you seen the video yet, Keith? Because it's, it's probably the closest that we're going to get to the Olympics this year. <laughs> um yeah it's sort of like a um it's it's very avant-garde olympics i suppose yes. i mean there's there's heels wrestling diving gymnastics a lot of glitter like yes. i think at one point a wrestler turns into glitter when he's pinned down <sighs> um it's a very it's it's a, there, there's a lot of look in this video i have to say it's a fun duo i like i like this these two together yeah, it's. Um, I wonder when they shot the video. Like, do you know anything? I mean, I know we should know about this. <laughs> I actually script, don't. Like, they must, they I, must have shot it right before lockdown. You know, they even did like a live stream chat before the video debut, and I'm sure that they said that, but I, I totally missed it. And Sam Smith is convinced that they uh, had coronavirus also. So hopefully uh, dummies good. <laughs> Nothing like Sam Smith be like, and I think I was sick the entire time. Yeah, basically. That's what that's what uh, the Apple Music interview said, at least last week. Well, I'm convinced I had coronavirus in January, but I also could be full of crap as well. <laughs> I had some mystery illness for two and a half weeks. I don't know what it was, but I was coughing and I didn't feel well. Could have been the flu. Hey. Heck, hey, what? Self-diagnosed, just like Sam, you know. Oh, right. I was like, I thought you were telling me, hey, like, you're going to be upset. Like, oh, we were no. in the office together. You got me sick. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, right. that's no, true. No. <laughs> but you and all of our other coworkers were also sick in Everyone January. Everyone was hacking up along, but I feel like we would have known if we had this thing that's, like, potentially fatal. But, you know, who knows? You know, we're young and healthy. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so uh, moving on, friend of the podcast, Kelly Clarkson, uh, and the host of the upcoming Billboard Music Awards, whenever <laughs> it happens, um, <laughs> also debuts on the Hot 100 this week with her new multi-language single, I Dare You. It comes in at number 86, and it's the 28th Hot 100 hit for Clarkson. Uh, now, not only is the song available in a solo Kelly version that is English only, there are also five additional alternative versions of the song, all with Kelly singing in a different language along with a guest featured artist. And there are versions of the song in French, German, Arabic, Hebrew, and Spanish. Um, so Kelly's just like, yeah, take that, Beyonce, with your <laughs> Spanish version of whatever. I've got five different languages. Have you seen, uh, Katie, have you seen the mashup video where it's Kelly with the five guests performing the one song in six different languages yet? I have, and it feels like, you know, the appropriate time for such a thing. You know, it's one of these reminders that even when we are told to stay in our own homes, we actually can be even more connected than ever given all of these video conferencing calls, et cetera, that we can do now. So she just kind of like seized on that moment in time. I thought it was, I, yeah, I mean, I think as as the longer we get into uh, stay at home, it, the more kind of boring these home performances get, frankly. Like, you know, I am i don't need to see another one of like someone in front of a mic in a sparse room singing something with like a bad phone. Like, and because Kelly switched it up and did something really different and really unique coming from people all around the world, I thought that was really cool. And I think we're just going to see more of that. But I think also just what she did and kind of the concept of the song and, you know, kind of kind of going beyond what you'd normally do, which is like, oh, let's get like a guest rapper to like sing a hook in Spanish. Like she really went there. And I thought that was really admirable and really cool. And I think right now that kind of speaks to something bigger um, you know, I think that everyone is kind of looking for us. So I think it's really cool, and I think Kelly's awesome anyway. So anyway, I'm not. We, I know. I know we love I'm Kelly. We love Kelly. I, she's what great. Yeah. Thanks, Katie. <laughs> Thank God you saved me. Um, last chart tidbit here: uh, the Rolling Stones are back on the charts as the band's new single "Living in a Ghost Town" debuts at number thirty on the Hot Rock Songs chart. Now, the track arrives just from like one day of streaming and sales activity as it was released last Thursday, which was the final day of the sales and streaming tracking week for our charts this week. Um, so expect the song to see gains next week once it has a full uh, tracking week of sales, streams, and airplay under its belt. Um, notably, by the way, this is the Stones' first new original song since 2012 when the band released two new tracks on its greatest hits album that was named Grrr. It's G-R-R-R. Um, now, between 2012 and, two th and, and now, the group has released a, an album of blues covers, uh, which was called Blue and Lonesome back in 2016, as well as another greatest hits compilation, which was titled Honk in 2019, um, and that didn't have any new songs on it. Now, for those counting... Like me, the Stones have released precisely three brand new recordings of original material in the last decade. <laughs> uh, Living in the Ghost Town and the two new tracks that were recorded for the Grr Greatest Hits album in 2012. 
Now, the last time the band released an album of all new material was nearly 15 years ago with A Bigger Bang, which came out in September of 2005. Yeah, I mean, they've been talking about working on a new album for quite some time now. And then Mick Jagger told Zane Lowe on Apple Music last week that this new song was started during those recording sessions. But as for the new album, Mick said that it's been so long since the last album that the new one has to be great. It can't just be good. He said, we've got some really good stuff, but don't hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. If we'd been I, if we'd been holding our breath, we've already we would have been long gone like ten years ago. I feel like they're just one of these acts that like touring is their bread and butter and they recognize that and they know that people tune out to the new music. So when they have a great song to put out, like they did here with Living in a Ghost Town, they put it out, but otherwise they're content, you know? They don't have anything to prove at this point. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, I know. I think there's just it's I think part of me is just like a large part of me is kind of like the same thing with Fleetwood Mac or, you know, anyone else where you have this desire to hear new original music from a band or artist that you love. You know, like, wouldn't it be great if Billy Joel decided to put out a new album of original pop music? But he's, he's just been like, nah, so I'm outspoken good. about like, I why even bother? Right. Is his whole right. yeah thing, but and, and he can still play shows, so we, he doesn't need to put out new material. Well, that's the thing we say, you know, that Rolling Stones, Billy Joel, etc., they can just play shows, but you know, tours are being postponed and canceled left and right, oh, like that. the Rolling Stones ongoing No Filter tour, and any form of entertainment programming that involves getting together large groups of people in the same space is on hold, and that also includes, as we talked about at the top of the show, award shows. Uh, if it were any other normal year, Keith and I would be in Las Vegas right now getting ready for the Billboard Music Awards, which were due to be staged on April 29th at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. But the show has been put on hold and a new date has yet to be announced. So, yeah, yeah. and that's clearly yeah. not the only award show that's been affected or been up in the air right now. The Academy of Country Music Awards were supposed to be on April 5th. They've now been postponed till September 16th. The Billboard Latin Music Awards should have been this past uh, week on April 23rd, and now they are at a TBD date in the fall. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony and concert was going to be held on May 2nd, but now going to take place on November 7th. The Tonys were June 7th. They don't have a new date yet. And we also have the BET Awards floating here. They're scheduled for June 28th, which seems unlikely to happen on that day. <laughs> and all of these future dates that I just said, who knows if everything's going to be, you know, kosher to go back to normal by then. Yeah. And, and you know, even further down the road, um, you know, we've got the MTV Video Music Awards, which normally announce their show date at the end of April. And normally the show is at the end of August. So maybe by August we'll be able to have some sort of show and... Then there's the Emmy Awards, which does have some musical components to it, which are, which are still scheduled for September 20th. And the Country Music Association Awards, the CMA Awards, um, normally happen in November. So, I mean, a lot of stuff up in the air right now. <laughs> so I guess the first question is, you know, how can these shows move forward? How can they be staged? So, for example, today, uh, and we're recording on Monday, on uh, Monday, the ACMs announced that the show will be broadcast from three historic country music venues, the Grand Ole Opry, the Ryman Auditorium, and the Bluebird Cafe. And Keith Urban is still slated to host the show. 
but they didn't say how the show will be staged other than it will beam from those three locations in Nashville. So does that mean, you know, acts will be in small batches in the three different locations, maybe without any crowd and just a crew, you know, a a controlled number of people in any one space at one time. I feel like at Bluebird Cafe specifically, they could have like three people in there at once or something because it's a very small space. It's a very intimate venue. If you guys Google it and watch it on YouTube, it is a it's like a little tiny cafe. It's kind of what you're thinking it is. It's not like an actual. It's literally in a strip mall. It's it's yeah. that's how small it is. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we, we you know, they seem very confident that this will be moving forward in September, but we don't know what that will look like at this point. Yeah, it seems like my guess is let's assume that by November, you know, you'll be able to. And I think we can think of the ACMs kind of in the same boat as everyone else. If you stage any sort of event like this, perhaps you'll be able to have small groups of people together at one time. Like, you know, I'm thinking you won't be able to have like thousands of people. It's like, you know, I don't expect, I don't think we're going to have a concert then. But if you could have like 50, you know, people in a room, you know, what if you had artists come in and out and it still have a live show and like, you know, like Marin Morris could sweep in with like her band and do a performance And then live. get the F out. Yeah, and get the F out, and then here comes Kenny Chesney to do his performance, and he's over at the Ryman or whatever. And then, you know, maybe you just orchestrated where all of the artists that are in there for a particular category, maybe they're beaming in from home if they're not performing. I mean, I feel like they could actually pull off a live, an actual real live show, maybe in this way, but it'll look really different. But I think you have so many months to plan it, you know, it should, it could look really cool could look really cool well and it was just announced um this uh past week that on saturday this upcoming saturday nickelodeon is going to do their kids choice awards uh and it's going to be a remote award show are they going to virtually slime people from afar uh, i don't know about virtual slime but uh judging by the lineup that they have put out so far which is very impressive it's got you know your ariana grandes and your bts's and and all the, the kids favorites uh, they seem to be prepared to give out awards to these people remotely um, and then have some performances as well. They haven't announced who's performing. Uh, Victoria Justice is hosting the whole thing. And so I kind of think this might be like a little bit of a roadmap for what's to come because as we, we mentioned the ACM awards and when they were originally supposed to air, they actually did a remote live at home kind of performance fundraiser e thing. Um, but this is the first time that actual awards will be handed out um, for what we would consider a major televised award show. Um, so I yeah. think Kids Choice Awards will kind of be one to look at um, for from what could transpire over the next few months. Because, you know, maybe we could say the BBMAs are going to happen in May or in June or something and do something similar if it turns out to be a success. Yeah, maybe they're all just waiting to see what the Kids' Choice Awards looks like. That's yeah. really the, the, the bellwether here. <laughs> yes. The bellwether? Is that the right word? I no, think I that know. is. No, that's right. And then the other thing that we need to talk about is like how it will actually impact the awards and categories themselves. Because as if you've been following um, the coverage on Billboard.com, our awards expert, Paul Grine, has written a lot about like the ACM Awards, for instance. They allow music that was released like a, a year to like sometimes a year and a half 
prior to um, the award show happening. And now those same awards and, and categories are allegedly staying the same, according to the Academy of Country Music so far, meaning in September they're going to be awarding some songs that could have been released as much as two years ago. So it, hmm. it's going to feel... sure. Interesting and a little dated. Incredibly fresh and relevant. Right. Incredibly fresh and relevant. I mean, I guess country stars are pretty like set in stone. Like there's there are there's some new blood, but it won't feel that crazy. It's not like somebody that's like, oh, remember them is going to pop up. You know, I I don't think. But I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, I think it's also super interesting where you have, you know, I think with with some things like with music, it's it's easier to say to stick to a certain deadline um like okay well the the, the grammy awards like i mean let's just pretend here the grammy awards like somehow they shift that won't happen but hey you never know the grammy awards you know re- reflect the eligibility period of basically i think it's what september like september to end of august exactly or something like that. yep yeah so you know that sh- that shouldn't change because music still comes out. Now, granted, there have been a number of albums that have been delayed recently due to various other concerns. But for the most part, like a lot of music can still be digitally released, streaming released, etc. But then you have something like the Tony Awards, which literally your show, the only way it can be eligible for the Tonys is if it's actually opened on Broadway in a physical space playing to actual live human beings in a theater. And... The eligibility period for the Tony Awards ran from April 26 to April April 26, 2019 to April 23, 2020, meaning your show had to have officially opened on Broadway by April 23rd. But Broadway closed down mid-March. So there were actually a number of shows that were maybe in previews or hadn't even officially opened yet that now won't even be eligible for the Tonys whenever the Tonys decide what they're doing this year, which is kind of crazy in a way. Um, uh, on that same note, the Oscars announced, I believe, I think it was the Oscars. Now I'm worried it was the Golden Globes. Either the Oscars or the Golden Globes announced that they were going to, um, you know, adjust some of their eligibility rules because of these movies needing to uh, shift to video on demand in the absence of movie theaters. So something like Trolls World Tour got, uh, you know, bumped to a video on demand release and didn't have what normally, you know, would have been a huge wide theatrical release. But I think that it, it was will a Golden still Globes, be, by the way, it was Golden Globes. Thank you. It yeah. will be eligible still to win, you know, best animated feature at the Globes um, because they the decided Oscars, to think on their feet. But I, Oscars, I'm, I'm guessing, just haven't addressed this yet because they're they're they're, they're a lot more they're they're more they're sticklers about having something being to have a theatrical release and has to be in the theaters at a certain time, blah, blah, blah. But then you have something like Trolls, too, which didn't even get a theatrical run through no fault of their own. Right. I mean, I guess they could have they could have held back the movie, but all and, this stuff is super fluid right now, you it guys. It really <laughs> is. I mean, I think, like I said, I think that looking to what, you know, Kids' Choice does this weekend will be really interesting um, and looking to what people decide to do because the fall is looking real crowded right now with all of these shows moving there, especially consider all the country shows. They're like... It all within like a month and a half period when normally they're spread throughout the year, you know, because I think the CMT awards also moved to the fall for now. 
So it's just, uh, it's a bit of a mess and we're navigating it at the moment, but we are super curious to see how it all shakes out and, and what it looks like when, when things return to, here's that word again, normal. 2024. <laughs> um, all right. Now it's time for the chart stat of the week. This week in 2011, Rihanna and Britney Spears teamed up for a spicy number one single as S&M climbed to the top of the Billboard Hot 100 chart. The track uh, jumped from number two to number one on the chart dated April 30th, 2011, and spent one week atop the tally. Also, it's fitting that we're saluting Rihanna, Britney, and S&M as the two divas opened up the 2011 Billboard Music Awards with a performance of this song and... Fun fact, I saw the dress rehearsal, the final dress rehearsal Ooh. of this performance. So that's a story for another day. Um, S&M was originally a solo track recorded by Rihanna and released as a single in early 2011. The song got a late surge in popularity thanks to a new version of the track, which featured Britney, which was released in April. Uh, for charting and tracking purposes, all versions of the song are combined together. So... When the Britney version came out, interest in all the tracks rose, and the track bumped to number one on the Hot 100. It was the 10th of so far 14 number ones for Rihanna, and the 4th of so far 5 chart toppers for Britney Spears. So there you have it this week. In 2011, Rihanna's S&M featuring Britney Spears hit number one on the Hot 100 chart. Alrighty, Katie, we've reached the end of our big award show shoe. <laughs> award show shoe, you know, that thing. Yeah. Uh, what song should we go out on? Well, I feel like, you know, you might hear my voice on this podcast in the coming weeks, but this is my last official, official show with Keith before I go on another maternity leave you're pregnant ah! <laughs> i know Wait, we've been out of the tell me i know we've been out of the office for a while keith but i'm pretty sure you knew i was pregnant before we left lies <laughs> but i haven't told the pop shop audience so it feels like we should go out on something appropriate and i was thinking maybe um, baby baby by amy grant i no, actually think kidding. that might be what we went out on with cal when i went left Probably. on for cal but i was thinking that isn't she lovely would be nice by stevie wonder which is about his Are daughter you hinting at something well, it's a, yeah, and it's a baby girl. Oh. So it's perfect. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> yes, that is perfect. And uh, we will, we, someone, will see you guys next time. And Katie <laughs> will see you whenever she returns. Very soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.